In a world where women continue to break through glass ceilings, shatter stereotypes and redefine success, there are so many stories just waiting to be heard. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about. I'm your host, Katie Williams, and in each episode, we'll sit down together with inspiring female entrepreneurs from diverse industries, backgrounds and stages of their journey. We'll explore the lessons they've learned, the obstacles they've overcome and the advice they have for those who might be ready to take a leap of their own. I cannot wait to dive into the day-to-day realities of running a business, often while juggling other roles like being a mum or working multiple jobs. You can expect honest conversations, valuable advice and a whole lot of inspiration. So grab yourself a cuppa and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Small Biz Society, the podcast. Today I am joined by Helen. Hello, Helen. Would you like to start by telling us a bit about yourself? Hello. I'm Helen Daniel and I am a neurodivergent and autism support practitioner and I am a mum in an ND family and I am an ex-teacher and I also have a master's in autism, um, progressive autism studies. I love to help neurodivergent families to find their ND intuition and to be able to break out of the boxes that society puts them in. That's brilliant. So what do you do in your business? How do you help families with that? So um, I actually create resources and um, a lot of them at the moment are around positive identity. Yeah. um, in the current situation that we're in, there's a lot of negative um, ideas and thoughts around ND profiles and ND children tend to get lots of negative messages at school and from society in general. Yeah, It's really massively detrimental. So I produce resources and videos and I have written a book um to educate around our profiles and our neurology and our sensory systems and why that doesn't fit well into expected age-related expectations and schools and um jobs and everything really brilliant so you obviously touched on it there you're an ex-teacher you have uh, a master's um what led you to become an entrepreneur um so my career has been interesting (laughs) (laughs) i i think a huge amount of nd women will resonate with this it didn't ever feel like there was a clear pathway through when i was working for other people so i started off um in journalism and then i did events for a while I was a process manager and um, those were all things where I had to be uber organized, which is hilarious because I have an ADHD (laughs) profile. Um, So I then moved into teaching. And when I went and did my my PG cert qualification, um, I remember people around me thinking it was quite challenging and I loved it and found it really straightforward and I was like well I just get how to unpick 
what's going on for children, how they learn and all of yeah. these things. And, you know, it's everything to me on picking people is like my favorite thing in the world. And so I then went into teaching and, you know, loved it, loved being in the classroom, but didn't love the structures that have thrown around teaching, the planning and the things that take away from you being in the classroom with those yeah. children. And I didn't love seeing ND children, neurodivergent children in my classroom struggling. Um, and so then when I had my own family, I sort of went on to do, it was after lockdown actually. So um, lockdown happened and I was like, I either go back to teaching after this or I decide to go down a different route. That's when I did my autism masters and um, that's when I got into this world of entrepreneurship. Amazing. That's such a brilliant journey. <laughs> so you believe that many neurodivergent people become entrepreneurs. What is it that makes you think that? Yeah, so when I first started going to networking events, yes, and I was going and thinking my, you know, my business and my book and the things that I'm doing are about neurodivergent children. I don't know if this is going to resonate with the people at this networking event. And um, I started chatting to people and there were so many, it was women that I, it was women that I was at the networking event with. And so many of them were like, oh, my child is autistic or my child is on the pathway or my child is ADHD. I mean, like, 90% of the people I would talk to were saying this to me and it just struck me that well what you know what is happening here and when I thought about it the reasons that I stepped out of um being working for other people was because they are organized around a typical brain and yeah. a typical body and the expectations that are put on us are that you will be able to organize yourself in a typical way and you will be able to plan in a typical way and you will be able to organize your workload in a typical way and it did not work for my profile so I'm sure it didn't work for lots of women's profiles and so lots of us have stepped out of that and found ways in an entrepreneurial way to organize our lives to suit our neurodivergent profiles. Yeah, which is funny, isn't it? Because you say about not necessarily being good at the planning and the organising, but we go into situations where we have to do that ourselves rather than being told. So not not that we're not good at it, that's the thing. No, it's not good. So it's the fact that we don't follow typical expectations. Right. So I was talking to someone about um, like planning your business say your social media or something like that. And the fact that there are lots of people that are like, you should have it scheduled and you should have it like this. And you go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, this is how you do it. Da, da, da. That doesn't always work for us. Yeah. We might need to do really a huge amount on this day and then have a bit of time off and then do something else. And da, da, da. That doesn't fit with typical expectations. If you think about it, humans have organized ourselves into these scenarios. So we have organized ourselves into, we work five days a week, we work eight hours a day, we did a do. Yeah. It's all created, it's not, it's not set in stone, we think it is, but we've created those systems. 
And although those systems work for the majority, they don't work necessarily for neurodivergent brains and bodies. No, that makes sense. <laughs> that does. Um, okay, so as you mentioned, you've written a book and uh, it's going to be out there in the world the day this podcast comes out. <laughs> Is, can can you tell us about it? I know obviously things are hush-hush, but I mean, it's going to be out there in the world. So tell us about it. Okay, so at the, I've written this book because when I went and did my master's, um, I worked with the amazing Luke Bearden um, as one of my tutors. And it, all of my tutors were amazing. But he really broke down social constructs for me in the way that I just explained workplaces to you. Yeah. Um, of the whole world and he really explained how we've built schools around typical expectations and typical ways of understanding the world and I knew from my personal experience that we were experiencing the world in a tangibly different way our sensory systems taking information in a different way and we pick up on patterns a different way and so I was seeing this around me as a teacher uh, as a mum as an auntie you know children around me were picking up patterns that didn't fit in this expected um structure yeah so they might be picking up musical patterns or they might be picking up um artistic visual patterns and a lot of the autistic children around me weren't picking up on speech patterns as their main language. Okay. So they started to tune into, say, the written pattern, the written code, which, so they started to be early readers, or the visual codes, they might be really amazing artists. There were all these different things that they were picking up on, which meant that they were following a different developmental pathway. And it didn't fit well with our schools. Right. And they were picking up concepts and loads of things just differently, which meant they were learning different things. And they often as well had really busy brains, which meant they had really busy bodies. And really busy bodies don't fit well into our educational structure. Oh. So we're not looking at what's going on inside our neurodivergent children because of the way the history has grown around those neurodivergence profiles. We look at it externally and the behaviours from the outside. And I have written this book to explain what's going on on the inside for our neurodivergent children. That's incredible. And... Yeah, I'm so excited. So as I said, it's going to be out today when this this podcast uh, episode goes out. So that is absolutely incredible. When did you start writing it? It's, long, long... So it's complicated because I guess I guess the idea I mean, the ideas that I didn't have um, a structure for had formed in my head when I was teaching. Mm. You know, and I was like, oh, this doesn't sit right with me something's not quite right here these children aren't being taught in a way that works for them and then when I went and did my master's all of these ideas I just I felt a bit mind blown and actually 
I had a really interesting bit of feedback from one of my beta readers today. And she had the same experience that I did on my course from reading my book. She said, it's completely made me realize that I thought we were doing okay for neurodivergent children. And now I've read your book, I realized that we're quite far away from what we actually need to be doing. And it gives a real roadmap um, of, you know, how we could be doing that. And uh, I've completely forgotten what the question was. <laughs> um, when did you start writing it? Um, so when I was doing my master's, um, it, the, all the ideas about divergence and how we could be supporting children started to come to fruition. So probably in my head, I've been writing it for four or five years. Right. But I actually put pen to paper probably only a year ago or so. Okay. Yeah. And then I've been helped by Authors and Co. Yeah. Um, and the amazing Deanne and Abby have supported me through the process. So I was really lucky to have that. And a very good friend of mine, Rhiannon, has helped me as well. So yeah. That's brilliant. It's so exciting. I am. I am. Do you know what's really exciting? Is the feedback that I got today where someone goes, oh wow this we like I can see how it should be and yeah. she's an amazing person who works with autistic children absolutely amazing and if she is even looking at it going wow there's so much more we could be doing it's going to make a difference I hope so that's incredible so as a neurodivergent business owner do you have any particular struggles <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Any that you uh, care to divulge? <clears throat> so, because my profile, so I, really interestingly, I I found it really difficult to unpick my own profile. I've now managed to do that, and, I, and I'm really happy that I've done that, because I understand myself better now. Yeah. Because I have an ADHD autistic profile, I have these areas of what I call hyper polytropism in my brain, where it's a bit like a pinball machine in there. The messages are like jumping around because the way that I need to understand the world is through multi-sensory information. Okay. So I need to see it and hear it. Yeah. Or I need to feel it, see it and hear it. Or I need to feel it and see it, or I need to experience it. So I am experiencing the world in a very here and now way and it means that um I don't have I have what's known as time blindness so I don't have uh, that happened before and this happens next I'm in the moment right I'm experiencing life in the moment and so I'm not thinking oh, I need to plan my social media to be on Tuesday and Wednesday, <laughs> you know, like that. I am, if I emotionally connect to doing my social media today, I'm going to do it today. And if I don't emotionally connect to it, I'm not going to be able to do it. And it, it that marries with so many different things. So being a business owner and having this profile means I need another person <laughs> <laughs> To work with me who has 
those sorts of skills because yeah my organization is very here and now yeah but I love being like that I don't want to change that people are like oh you should be more organized or you should do this or you should do that actually in my business I can do it how I want absolutely you do it your way and if it works for you then yeah no one should tell you otherwise and and I, you know, I do understand that I we do need to plan, we do need to do those sorts of things, but I almost need a hand holder yeah. during those periods. That's you know, like the ADHD body doubling and things like that. So yeah, that's what I struggle with in a way, but it hasn't held me back. So I don't know if you would call that struggling because I've managed to achieve what I've managed to achieve. Yeah, it's just it's just working out how it works well for you, isn't it? And I think we all need help sometimes, you know, none of us can do everything on, you know, we're not good at everything. Um, we have, our, you know, the things that we're that we excel in. Um, yeah, and I think that's one of the problems with today's society. We are expected to be good at all of the things. So jobs are organised in a you are a social being because you're client facing you are you have to be good at the planning you have to be good at the creative and it's it's profiles are not like that we have profiles where we are specifically good at some things and therefore if we work in a team where there are different and we do that as entrepreneurs we bring in people that can help us with x and y and we can concentrate on this bit yeah yeah no that's um I completely agree. What has been your proudest moment to date? Um, I think, well, one of the things has been achieving my master's. I was, you know, I at school, I actually didn't think of myself as academic at all um, because I didn't memorise words or written words or pictures particularly because I, I work in this experience emotional way. Yeah. Um, but what that meant was I was really good at unpicking, as I say, children's way of learning and things like that. So when I, when you go and do higher education quite often, it's not about what you learn by rote. It's about your knowledge. Yeah. So being able to pop, put my knowledge down on paper in a, you know, in a way that was really celebrated was amazing um and I think uh, obviously the book coming out I'm so proud of being able to put that out and and the feedback that I've had from people who say you know I can see the world through my child's eyes now you know yeah yeah because it's it is it's like any anything that's going on inside us people don't understand people can't understand can they you know what's going on inside people you can only see things from your own perspective really in the most part and so with neurodivergence it's very much been framed through non-neurodivergent eyes yeah they have looked at an autistic child and gone they're not using eye contact and I have gone well why are they not using eye contact and I know that I have to use my eye contact and my um I, so, you know, oh, during lockdown, when people were wearing masks and talking, yeah. I could not get on board with it. I didn't know what people were saying because I needed that input. I needed that visual input 
of their mouth. So it's obviously lip reading. And because I talk about sensory abundance in autistic children, sensory abundance is where there's lots of sensory information coming in at once. And so they can't focus in on voices because there's so much going on. They can hear the lights buzzing. They can hear the aeroplane above. They can hear the birds singing. You know, it's a cacophony of noise. Mm. They're trying to home in on those voices and they can't. So they're having to calm their busy brain down by maybe looking away at another input to be able to home in on right. that auditory or their lip reading or their, you know, there are reasons behind the traits we have. We use, our traits are there because we are using our sensory system and our brain in the best way that works for us. And that's what we've forgotten when we're looking at autistic and ADHD profiles you know we've gotten the usefulness of what they are doing yeah doing. exciting so exciting um I was going to ask you how you plan your time <laughs> now I'm not sure Did, do you plan your time? when I saw that question I laughed um do I plan my time do you go day by day and maybe just do it? If I'm honest, yeah, I don't plan my time at all. Um, I, I'm not even very good. This is what I am not even very good at. I mean, I have to plan some things. I wouldn't be here now yeah. talking to you. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, if I've emotionally connected to the thing that we are going to do, I'm much more likely to remember that anyway yeah. or to have it in my diary and it to be like a, Oh, I know that. If it's something like do your taxes or <laughs> <laughs> or anything like that, um, I really need a body double. And also I find those sorts of things. So I'll put them off and put them off and put them off until I can't put them off anymore. So I almost need a body double. I do have a business coach. Yeah. Who... I almost need to go right within that today. Yeah. I'm the same. I if I am not looking forward to something or if it's something that I don't enjoy, I put it off. And if I have like a deadline, then I will do it, but it'll be right at the last minute. But if I don't have a deadline, like if um you know like updating my website or something, I know I need to do it. I just haven't done it for ages. Because it's it's not like I it's not a you know life or death situation or a, I'm going to get fined because I haven't paid. Do you know what I mean? It's um, and I yeah. think that um, quite often I'll put something off and put something off. And when I come to do it, I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. I'll often think it's going to be horrendous because I've built in my head to be like, this is going to be really hard. And then I sit down and do it and go, oh, or or the opposite happens, and I'm like, right, I need help. Um, but I have definitely, I'm bringing people, I mean, I'm only at the beginning of this journey, mm. but I am bringing people on board, um, who, so I, I read an interesting thing the other day and it was like, if you get coaching, you need to know that you can then do that thing yourself. Yeah. You've got time and the space in your head to be able to do that thing yourself. If you don't, you need someone who's going to be able to do it for you. 
if you don't have the finances to do that then you have to go down the coaching route probably in order to do it yourself but for me I know that as I carry on I'm going to have to bring people on board who can do the bits that where I go ah, no yeah no and that's I think that's a great thing to do if there's a bit that you don't enjoy or you it's, it's not your area of expertise bring in the people that can do it <laughs> what keeps you motivated when it all gets a bit too much uh so I have learned to stop when things are too much there's no point in me getting onto social media and pretending I'm okay yeah or carrying on with things and you know um I have so I have a really interesting I'm quite cyclical as a person Mm -hmm. Uh, in a month I might have three weeks where I'm like yes this is all going great and I'll be like up here and I'll be like yes this is gonna be wonderful and then I will have a week or a few days where I'm like what am I doing that's me yeah that was me last week (laughs) what I don't know what I'm doing it's all gonna be a disaster um this might be tough what well who do I think I am writing a book what's going on and I'll have a whole crisis and it's monthly so that's quite a lot of crises yeah that because I am this emotional experience profile it's riding a wave so I had some I had some coaching I had some coaching from someone called Emma Weil who is part of Courage uh Chamomile and Courage or Courage and Chamomile Courage and Chamomile <laughs> um and um she like dismantles a lot of the patriarchy is amazing mm-hmm. and a lot of these ideas that um you know we we have to be active and we have to be on all the time and we have to be pushing ourselves all the time and we have to be perfect and she's just dismantled it all for me and I love it because I'm like all oh, right I can just not do it this week yeah I'll just do something that feels right for my profile this week because and then she talks about riding the emotional wave so you ride the emotional wave whilst you're feeling those feelings knowing that in a few days you'll actually be back to thinking all right no I do actually know what I'm doing I feel really inspired again yeah and I've I've come to learn that over the years um with you know, anxiety and depression, I I have got to the point where I know that that's what it is. So even when I do feel down, I know that maybe tomorrow or maybe in a few days, I'm going to feel better again. So yeah. I just, I try and just sort of, you know, do what makes me feel comfortable. Maybe watch a film, read a book, just quiet, um, and yeah and just like you say just ride it until I'm out the other side yeah and it's and it's hard to do in those moments because you do feel it it's your whole being is like what am I doing yeah um it 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 feels in that moment like this is real and this is going to be how I'm going to feel for a very long time but if you look back on things you know that's you know it's just it's also really useful to think that's part of my profile I have this point in my in my month where 
I'm going to have a, a bit of a crisis. And instead of thinking of it as a crisis, I now go, oh, it's that week. Yeah. Okay. We'll just chill. And it and it's helped so much because, yeah, when we understand our own profiles um, in that way, I, it, it's really helped me so much because I don't think of myself now as, oh, why am I getting emotional? I'm like, that's my profile. That's yeah. what I do. I do emotional. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's where the way you work, um, like, you know, not necessarily planning far in advance, that definitely comes in handy because I know that I felt worse if I have. So I used to I tried time blocking for a while. But then if I had a day where I was really tired or I just wasn't feeling great, I'd then feel disheartened if I didn't want to get that done. Whereas now I sort of make a list of everything I want to get done that week but then it gets to the day and I'm like, right, I'm going to do this today and I'm going to do this today because yeah. it gives me that little bit more flexibility. Yeah. And I, and I, one thing that I say how, how great it is to have this not planning. However, <laughs> this week I'm like, I've got all these blog posts that need to go up and I've got this that needs to happen. And I got that that needs to happen. And it all needs to happen this week. And I haven't planned any of it. So how do I structure that now? <laughs> I was literally messaged my business coach, um, Kate, this morning was like, help! <laughs> <laughs> you'll get it. You'll get it done. Yeah, I know. And I will. It and it'll be great. I'm having a good week this week. So that's a good, it's a good week to have a good week when I'm launching a book. Definitely. Always a good week. Um. Okay. Do you have any big goals or plans for the future? Um, well, I have a huge goal, which is changing the autism and ADHD narrative. <laughs> you know, just so, just you know, world. Yeah, <laughs> I said to my husband the other day, the house was a bit of a mess, a bit of a mess, right. and I was like, <laughs> I was like, turns out you can't keep the house tidy if you're changing the world. <laughs> and he was killed himself laughing. <laughs> That's an yeah. outfit. Can I give that excuse to my husband when I have? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would. I would. What I want to see in the future is a different type of education system. So one that runs alongside mainstream, whether it's hubs or whether it is, you know, mainstream schools that have neurodivergent um, supportive environments. Whatever that looks like, that's what I want to see in the future. And once this book is out there and the idea of these profiles is out there, I don't think um, educational institutions can can ignore it anymore because it's like I've laid it out in black and white for you. You, you it, it explains why we don't fit in your systems and structures. Yeah. You're not providing us with an education, you know, that there are different educational theories and some educational theories say that a knowledgeable teacher standing at the front talking is the best teaching environment. Others say that um, self-directed learning where you go around and you learn in a way that works for you is better. But we don't have many self-directed learning institutions in the mainstream. No. And yet that is perfect for many ADHD profiles. 
So, you know, the fact that our children aren't being given the education they deserve, that's not their fault. And that's something society needs to sort out. So it's quite a big, yeah. Yeah, but it can do amazing things. Yeah, it's it's really exciting where fingers crossed it will it will take things. Um yeah. I'm re- I'm I'm really excited for you and praying. Yeah. Helps. I know yeah. I'll be buying a copy for our schools. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need to it's it's quite a positive book as well. It's not like tearing anyone apart or anything like that. I'm not that kind of a person. Yeah. I'm more of a look, I'm over here on the other side of the bridge. I've learned all this stuff. Why don't you come with me over here? It's really nice. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, hey, are you ready for my quick fire five? Yes. <laughs> Who is your biggest inspiration? Um, so actually, it's um lots of autistic advocates. So Chloe Hayden, Joey Jodie Smitten, Christy Forbes, Summer Farrelly, and Kieran Rose, and people like that. Um, that are out there changing things. You know, they're my inspiration. They're amazing. Brilliant. What is your favorite business book? So. Um, business book wise, I probably things that I connect emotionally with. So Danny Wallace's book, um, because I'm going to be speaking at Big Festoon. So um, Danny Wallace's book, which talks about self-sabotage and how to get over that. And Abigail Horn's book as well, um, because obviously I've written a book. So Abigail Horn's book, again, it's very emotionally driven. So business books that have that bit of personal experience yeah useful to me yeah do you have a favorite business podcast this is an interesting one um I find podcasts really hard to listen to because I need that dual thing so I was thinking about this and I was thinking I wonder if I'm knitting or if I've got something visual I think if I had a manuscript of it probably that would be the way to do it I love yours, obviously. <laughs> I do. I mean it because it's like, I like that personable, this is the type of podcast I love. Mm-hmm. And I do like listening to people chat. I think I've got to find a way to be able to do that whilst my other senses are engaged. No, no, it's it's, it's really good. It's great feedback to know that because I know... Um, I spoke to somebody else before and they said they really struggled with po- with podcasts because they can't concentrate on anything else if they're listening to it. So they need to, you know, sit there and not do anything else. So it's that's really that other the other side yeah, of it. So if I'm watching TV, I have to be doing something, knitting to actually concentrate these days. Hmm. And it's really funny in our house because <laughs> my husband has the kind of profile where he needs to not look at your eyes. I have the profile where I'm like, I need your full attention. Mm. And it's in between us, we're like, look at me, don't look at me. I'm not looking at you, look at me. Oh, brilliant. It is quite funny, you know. What's your son like? Is he a bit of both? Is he a mixture of you? Yeah, he's definitely a mixture. He's very sociable and um, high, high energy. But he is also a massive mathematician, coder, all those sides of things. So, yeah, definitely. Wow. 
Incredible. Uh, what's your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure. Oh, I didn't see this one. Um, it was pumpkin spice lattes. Oh my goodness! I had those for the first time this year. Oh really? And spas. I love a spa. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> uh, do you have a favourite biscuit? Do I have a favourite biscuit? Really interesting thing to say, and I mentioned this in the book, is I have gone gluten-free. And okay. it's had a massive impact on bringing down my emotional response to stuff. So I used to have um, underlying anxiety. I don't have that anymore. So any gluten-free biscuit would be my answer. Wow. So basically in the book, I was talking about the fact that our brains and bodies are so busy, right? Mm -hmm. And then if you put something in your body that it's rejecting, it doesn't have to be gluten. It can be anything that you're putting in your body that it's intolerant to. You're putting extra load. There's only a finite amount of resources that your brain and body has. So if you put extra load in there, you feel like you're anxious because your heart is beating fast. It's busy. Everything's going, going, going. And I assumed it was anxiety, but um, for me, cutting out gluten has been an absolute game changer and it won't be the same for everyone, but I that has been for me. That's really interesting. I'm like, oh God, have I got to cut out my biscuits? Give it a try. Honestly, the nicest, the nicest gluten-free biscuits. I could send, I'm going to put a list up on my website, I think. We found the nicest gluten-free biscuits, cakes, everything. I'm having a great time. Share them. Share them. <laughs> what is one piece of advice you'd give to somebody just starting out in business? Um, believe in yourself. Massively. Um, I wouldn't. I, I, I feel like I fall into things. But actually, looking back over my career, it's really interesting because... I did journalism. I now need to write for my business. Then I did um, events. I'm going to be doing events and things. There's so many things throughout my career that have fed into where I am now. Yeah. And lots of neurodivergent people who've jumped about might feel like, oh, I've never found my feet. So why would I find my feet in my own business? In your own business is one of the best places for neurodivergent people to find their feet. Believe in yourself. Yeah. And it's your business. You can do what you want with it. <laughs> I wish I wish I'd have had that self-belief all the way along I've spent such a lot of energy and time worrying about other people and what they thought because this negative narrative is just fed to us like you're not doing it right and this isn't the way you should organize yourself and you're not remembering things correctly and it's like well I've done all right actually with my profile thanks yeah um okay let's us know where we can find you um so i've got a website which is outside the box sensory.com um and all of my resources and there's also oh i didn't mention this there's a book buddy that sits alongside the book which is little videos because obviously we need different types of sensory input so i wanted to make it accessible and they have um subtitles on them so you can dip into those videos if you purchase the book and then um i am over on instagram mostly at otb sensory 
And I also am on Facebook at OTB Sensory and Helen Daniel, ND support, autism and ND support practitioner. <laughs> Brilliant. And like I said, the book will be out when this oh, comes yes. out. Absolutely. So where can people buy the book? I mean, I will leave all the links in the show notes, but where can people buy the book? Okay, so the book's title is Neurosensory Divergence Autistic Languages. And it is available on Amazon. It will also be on Waterstones and Barnes and Noble, but I don't know if it will be there on launch day. Um, but yeah, you can find it on Amazon UK and um, all across the world. Amazing. I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to see it out there. Thank, um, you. thank you so much for coming on. It's been lovely to speak to you. Thank you for having me. Um, I just also need to say that um talking about people who you bring on board to help you katie does my um social media and she is amazing oh thank you i'm really enjoying working with you oh, thank you so much for having me thank you so much for listening today um i hope you enjoyed the episode and i will see you in the next one thank you so much for listening to today's episode If you enjoyed it, please consider subscribing to my channel and leaving me a lovely review. It would mean the absolute world. You can follow me on Instagram, find me at small.biz.society and come and join my Facebook group. We've got a lovely supportive community over there for women in business. And if you're a female entrepreneur and you'd like to come on here and have a lovely chat with me, send me a message, just reach out to me My inbox is always open. Thank you so much again, and I will speak to you in the next one.